Hello, it's Mark Weiss. Welcome to another episode of the Wisdom Applied Podcast. I'm pleased to have as a guest today, Christine Roberts, and Employment Benefits, that's ERISA, and Employment Law Attorney. Christine is a partner in the firm of Mullen & Hensel in Santa Barbara, California. She also blogs on ERISA issues at www.e4erisa.com. Christine, welcome. Hi, Mark. Christine, why don't we start with you providing the listeners with a bit more of an introduction into what you do and for whom you do it? Right. Well, I help employers with their health and retirement benefit plans, and I advise insurance brokers and third-party administrators on um, benefit plans um, that they set up for clients. Well, you're aware that, that my practice involves representing healthcare providers from you know, very entrepreneurial doctors and other healthcare providers to, to large groups and, and their facilities. But today, what I want to do is talk about healthcare reform from a, from a very different perspective than, than my clients are, are normally used to discussing. That's, that's the flip side of the Obamacare coin, the obligations of those groups and groups like them you know, as employers. So how would you advise a, a small medical practice or a physician-owned entity, perhaps a, a group of from 10 to a few hundred physicians or other employees, to prepare for the full health care reform rollout in 2014? Well, I would have different advice for different size employers. Um, the, the issues are really different, um, and the breakoff point is is 50 or more full-time employees, including um, full-time equivalents, and that is based on 2013 um, employee headcounts. Um, and so um, for employers with 50 or fewer uh, full-time employees, uh, they will not have to comply with the employer shared responsibility or pay or play rules in 2014. Uh, so their main decision points will be um, whether or not to per- where they're going to purchase coverage, whether or not they want to do it on a small group health exchange will be available in their state uh, to continue to purchase direct from carriers or to explore private exchanges. Um, and in order to make that decision, um, they might want to identify which of their employees would get financial aid on the exchanges towards their health care premiums. Um, also, which of their employees might qualify for expanded um, Medicaid um, in their state. Um, larger employers will also need to identify um, full-time employees, and, and that is someone working 30 or more hours a week. Uh, and, and large employers have to be prepared to offer um, these employees um, health care coverage, uh, individual health care coverage and coverage for their children um, that is affordable and provides at least minimum value. Um, if they don't do that, then they will be likely paying a non-deductible excise tax. Um, affordable and minimum value are, are buzzwords. I can tell you about how they're defined. Uh, one one benchmark for affordability is that the employee's share of the individual premium for their own coverage, not dependent coverage, does not exceed uh, 9.5% of their W-2 income from that employer. Um, 
Yeah. So, so large employers will also want to look at aid-eligible aid employees in order to model how much they might be uh, spending on coverage versus uh, getting out of the business of providing coverage and paying penalties. You know, when you, when you mentioned qualification for financial aid, could you explain the concept of, of aid in that context and tell us something about how one would or, or tell us something about the qualification requirements for mm-hmm. financial aid? Well, um, this is this is a, an area that, that can get quite complicated, but I'm going to try to keep it very simple. Um, basically, the exchanges and and um, some states like California will will have a, a state-run healthcare exchange, and, and other states will have a federally-run healthcare exchange. There's a seven states that will be a federal-state partnership. They are going to offer individuals um, earning between 100 and 400 percent of federal poverty levels, and I'll give you some numbers in a minute. Um, they're going to offer them advanced premium tax credits, basically credits um, that that go direct um, from the government to the carrier that reduces um, their share of premiums. Um, there are also um, there, there's additional, there's also cost sharing, in other words, sort of a reduction of out-of-pocket limits, reduction of deductible, that is available for individuals between 100 and 250 percent of federal poverty levels. Um, and the way that people will find out if they qualify will be by going on to an exchange online and going through the application process uh, for purchasing individual coverage uh, on the individual exchange. And the the process of going through the exchange enrollment will tell the employee uh, whether they qualify for the, the premium tax credits or the cost sharing. If they are eligible for Medicaid expansion, which goes up to 138% of federal poverty levels, the exchange application system will shunt them over in California to Medi-Cal. So it is a process of, of um, you know, understanding the, the income brackets, and those apply to household income, so it might not just be the one applicant's uh, earnings. It might be another family member's earnings that are, that are factored in. And the 100 to 400% of federal poverty level for a single uh, individual starts at $11,490. And 400% for a single individual is uh, $45,960. So that is the, the, the bracket of earnings for an individual that will, will enable them to get financial aid in the exchanges. No, we we hear a lot about the small group health health exchanges, but what what will small businesses likely experience on those exchanges in 2014? Well, in it, it depends on the state that the business is in. In California, uh, the small group exchange exchanges will be for individual coverage and for small group coverage. And in California, small group means up to 50 employees. Um, through 2015. Other states may define small group and open their exchanges to employers with up to 100 uh, employees. It just depends on the state. And it also depends on whether the state is going to be doing the exchange on their own or whether they're going to be partnering with the federal government or federal only. Uh, Basically, in states with their own state exchanges like California, there will be some advantages to to the small group exchange. Mainly, uh, the employer will be able to come in and select what metal level of coverage they want to offer. The exchanges will have coverage in um, four metal tiers, uh, bronze, uh, silver, gold, and platinum. Bronze is approximately 60% of all healthcare costs are picked up by the carrier and 
platinum is approximately 90%. So in California, an employer can pick a, say, silver level, and it's, it's, its employees can then choose products within the silver level range of, of policies. And the exchange will, um, will aggregate the premium so the employer isn't sending different checks to different carriers. Um, the California Exchange Covered California has represented that it will have these features up and running in 2014. Of course, everything is subject to change. Uh, employers in states where there will be a federally run exchange will not have that ability in 2014 for their employees to choose their policy within a certain tier of coverage. They will have to wait until 2015 uh, for that. Basically, what happened is that the federal government never anticipated you know, half of the states throwing exchange obligations onto the federal government, and they just aren't ready with all of those exchanges to establish to have all the bells and whistles um, up and running in 2014. You know, because you're based in California, are there any other sort of vagaries of, of California law that, that, that the, the listener should be concerned with? I mean, for example, does California law for small group plans mirror the federal health care reform? Well, um, no. For individual and small group coverage in California, there are different rules. California always has to be different and special, it seems, with regard to legislation. Um, for large group employers, uh, 50, um, one or more employees, um, they are going to look mainly to the Affordable Care Act of federal law in this area. Um, but for small group, up to 50 employees, and individual coverage, um, as mentioned, you know, the, the there is a difference in the state laws. Um, California had um, an Assembly Bill 1083 that was um, passed into law and will take effect in 2014. Um, and some ways in which it differs from the Affordable Care Act from federal law will be that um, small group and individual health care insurance premiums may not take tobacco use into account, whereas there can be um, higher uh, premiums um, uh, on, on the federal level. Um, and also, the federal law, Obamacare, the Affordable Care Act, imposes a maximum eligibility waiting period of 90 days. You know, w- once you're hired in a position that's benefit eligible, the plan cannot keep you waiting more than 90 days to enroll. And in California, for small group and individual policies, the maximum period is 60 days. So again, this is small group, individual, large group, um, insured plans, and self-funded plans in California are not subject to those special rules. Well, what about wellness programs? Can can wellness programs work for for smaller businesses as well as for large ones? The wellness wellness programs have have grown so rapidly in the past three to five years. Um, Absolutely, they can they can work um, for a smaller employer, um, and they can have a positive impact. I mean, the, the point is to sort of address health issues before they become chronic, before they become expensive, and sort of flatten out the the, the growth in in healthcare costs and premium costs. Um, the the thing that's a little different with a smaller employer is that there's a fishbowl effect. Um, everyone kind of might have an inkling as to to, to the health issues or or um, or health liabilities that that their coworkers may have just because it's a, a small office and everyone knows everyone else. So for smaller employers, I would recommend that they ramp up a wellness program slowly and in stages. That they start 
with, um, you know, rewards, maybe um, reduced premiums, um, simply for participating in wellness activities. Uh, for instance, um, you know, uploading a podcast on, on nutrition, healthy eating, establishing a, a program of walking every day, um, and that, the, again, the rewards be based just on employees participating and not attaining any specific health goal. Um, the other thing that, that studies are, are showing is that the most successful wellness programs are ones that are tailored to a particular office's sort of climate, its gestalt, um, and to the, the way its employees do their work. So I would recommend for a small employer um, that they work with a, health, with a wellness vendor uh, that can really sort of study the way people interact in the office and, and the, the demands that the office puts on, on employees' personal time and, and back into a wellness program on that basis. And, and lastly, it's very important that the owners of the business um, uh, participate um, conspicuously in the wellness program and, and champion it and, and, and own it and, and set an example for employees because there is always uh, resistance to some of these, these wellness steps. It's basically wellness is sort of tackling human nature and uh, it has a big job to do, so it's great if the business owners can, can set an example in that regard. Well, Christine, I want to thank you very, very much for sharing your knowledge today. I, I'm sure the listeners are going to want to know how they can contact you, so will you please let them know? Well, Mark, I really appreciate this opportunity. Um, yeah, I am um, at Mullen & Hensel in Santa Barbara, California. Um, my email address is croberts. C-R-O-B as in boy, E-R-T as in Tom, S at Mullenlaw, M-U-L-L-E, N as in Nancy, L-A-W dot com. And um, E4ERISA.com is, is my blog. And um, so if they want to stay abreast of what's going on with the Affordable Care Act, I, I post uh, fairly frequently there. They can subscribe to it or they can just check it out from time to time and, and see what's going on with health care reform. Well, I've subscribed, and I appreciate it very much, and uh, I recommend that anyone listening to this should subscribe also. So, Christine, thank you very, very much again, and I'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Thank, thank you. Bye-bye. 